0: for how you can be the CEO of your career and stop dreading Mondays. Ready to level up your career? Let's get after it. Hey, so just for everyone that is joining, we do these open houses and Q&As with alumni from Career Strategy Lab from time to time. And this is really your opportunity to ask them questions, hear their stories, how what we do inside Career Strategy Lab impacted them personally and obviously professionally too. All right. So we have Carlos now, we have Laura, and we have Malavika. Awesome. I want to just jump right in here. And just to get started, I'd love just to go around for our three panelists and just tell us a little bit about what stage you're at, in your career, what you're doing right now. You can name the company or not. It's totally up to you. And then we will continue with our discussion. All right, who okay, who wants to go first? How about Laura, cause I see
1: you. Okay, so I'm Laura Costa. I'm based in Miami and I'm a product designer. Uh, I am considered a climber because I have like six years of experience. I'm um, currently working as a product designer at Cisco.
0: Awesome. How long have you been at Cisco, by the way? Remind me.
1: It's almost six months now. Yeah. Okay.
2: Next up, Malavika, why don't you go? Hi, everyone. I'm Malavika Og. I'm a senior UX designer. I just passed out of CSL and joined Health Equity. This is my second week there. Second week. I love
0: these stories. Okay. And then Carlos... Give us a little spiel on who you are, what to do. And if you want, tell us company. If not, no pressure.
3: Yeah. Hi, everybody. I'm Carlos. I'm a product designer at Covenant Ice. And I've been there for three weeks. I just recently made this switch. I would still consider myself a climber as I go. I'm not right now I'm not particularly looking for a new role, but like I'm sure I'm still gonna be looking to climb and, and grow my career further. So that that's where I'm at. Yeah.
0: Awesome. So Everyone is really within six or less months of their new role, which is really awesome. And I want to kind of go back in time a little bit and maybe we can talk through initially thinking back to where you were in your job search or your career journey when you joined Career Strategy Lab and kind of one of the big changes that you noticed between when you joined and really now. We don't have to keep going in the same order. So if any of you are like really excited to share, feel free to just jump right in.
3: I can begin. I joined CSL last year in December. I I was up in my job. I I didn't mind it, but I still knew that I was meant for something bigger then I wanted to work at a a bigger concept. And I applied to a lot of things. I have my resume, I have my portfolio, and I just apply and I just kept getting rejected. And I knew... I was missing something. I didn't know what it was, but I knew I was missing something. I thought my portfolio was good. I think my resume was good, but still not even getting just a first callback. So I knew something was wrong and CSL seemed like the best approach to understand what was missing and then correct and bridge the gap from what was missing to a now more robust and complete application or career documents, a resume, portfolio, cover letter and so forth. Well, that's why I joined last year and fast forward a year and happy to report that the stories changed and I got callbacks, I get interviews and I last day finally got a role, which I'm very happy with.
0: Carlos, we have a question from Lisa. Lisa wants to know, know, you said you thought something was missing before joining Career Strategy Lab. And then Lisa wants to know, what did you realize was missing after joining Career Strategy Lab,
3: I well, first I think my portfolio wasn't really telling a cohesive story. It was just a bunch of screens put together and just you know output of the work that I did, but it didn't really tell a story on how I solved a problem for that particular problem. Joining CSL helped me frame that all of this work that I've done helped me frame it into a here's the problem, here's what I did, and here's the result of that problem. And I did that with all of my different use case studies on my portfolio. And for me, that was like one of the key missing things is that the portfolio telling that story, but also the resume. I think my resume was okay. I had a lot of like wins and out that happened out of the work, but it wasn't properly structured. It was formatted incorrectly, not incorrectly, but it wasn't properly formatted. And now I have encountered a better way to frame it, to, yeah, to frame it and, to format it. So a couple of things that we're missing.
0: Gotcha. Malavika, do you want to go? Um, yeah, yeah I, can I can
1: go now well okay in in my case I followed like the process and other kind of like what other students thought about the program for a while before deciding like I'm gonna do it or not in the moment when I decided to join uh, my situation was kind of a little bit different because I was employed at that time but I wasn't happy with the role I had because multiple reasons I, I didn't feel like I fit in the company and then I was kind of casually looking and one thing that I had in common with Carlos is like in that process I um, applied to multiple roles and I I, I even got some interviews and the thing is like I remember uh, as an example when I interviewed with the hiring manager of Western Union he told me why are you applying to this role why are you not, you are not applying as an example. You would be a great candidate in healthcare or cybersecurity because you don't have any experience in printed. Why are you applying? Why are you interested in this position if it's not? We don't see the fit for you. And I felt kind of disappointed at that point because I, I thought, well, I could do it well here Why he's kind of ruling me out even before I kind of try me and see if I'm a good designer for his company or not. And then when I joined uh, Career Strategy Lab, I understood like how important it's is that like you kind of like define exactly what you want and kind of like instead of being applying to every single role that match let's say your year experience or something else like kind of define exactly the industry where you want to be and be more and more specific in your search and that's that's something that for me was super helpful in landing my my new job like that. Apart from all all that Carlos also said, like uh, refining my portfolio, my resume. But for me, that was kind of like uh, the most important part in, in in the entire process. Awesome.
0: And Laura, you said you had applied to a lot. And I forget if you said hundreds, it might have been before. Do you remember approximately how many jobs you ended up applying to before getting I, this job?
1: I I mean, it was, well before career Charlie lab i probably applied to 50 60 role after career Charlie Lab, i honestly just applied to less than 10 jobs and i landed five interviews I, I mean I, I got five interviews and i landed like i i got the, this offer so yeah it was like comparing the before and afterwards so totally different.
2: Yeah. Awesome. Okay. Malavika. Okay. So I was looking for a job for two long years and until a point came where I decided to find a mentor for myself. And I just started with a plain Google search. And that's where I found website and all the program that she has put together. So when I slightly digged into it a little more, looked at her YouTube videos, I found really a really good value in what she was offering. So that's how I signed up. And then from then onwards, it was a really different experience than how I was trying to navigate the job market. And it kept getting worse after I signed up. First of all, starting with, I I created a different ATS and a human-friendly resume. So that was a major changing point. And after that, it was a lot of confidence building in all the mindset calls and the weekly strategy calls. So those were very helpful as well. There were presentation demo days where you can take a project and presented to the entire team within CSL, which turned out to be really great feedback before I appeared in interviews. So that was another uh, helpful thing. I think overall, apart from the framework that was offered, I think the confidence building was a major turning point because you, I saw a lot of people in the same boat versus When I was just job searching by myself, I thought I was the only one who was not landing an offer, but all that was really, really helpful. The job that I applied to and got an offer had 800 plus applications to it and CSL gave me that confidence to go and make it 801 with my application and I think it was worth it. So, yeah. Yeah, and you you went
0: from 800 to then, do you remember how many rounds of interviews it was?
2: I think it was at least six rounds and oh my- a, fin- a final interview with SVP, like beyond the hiring manager. Yeah, yeah. And so, it all worked out. It all worked out, yes.
0: <laughs> you... Malavika, you touched on something and it kind of gets to my next question here. So maybe we can expand upon this with everyone, but you talked about confidence and, mm-hmm. you know, we heard from all of you, the ways that you were able to improve your resume, prove your portfolio, stop applying to hundreds of jobs, like all these very tactical things. But I wanted to kind of move on to thinking about how your mindset changed or kind of non deliverable type benefits of Career Strategy Lab. So does anyone want to jump in and, or Melavik, if you want to say anything else, that's great too, but I think that's a big part of it. It's not just about following the you know checklist of what to do for your resume, for example. There's so much more as you alluded to.
2: It definitely was because when you have a mentor telling you that, okay, hey, the, and the mentor that has seen a lot throughout her experience, that makes a difference. That someone is telling you that, hey, this has worked for hundred other people, and give it a chance. It might work for you. That I think gives the confidence. Carlos
0: or Laura, thinking about kind of your journey and what your mindset was, you know, before. Joining Career Strategy Lab to now, does anything else jump out to you
1: that you want to share?
3: Laura, I'll let you go. I have to, some thoughts, okay. but I let you go.
1: <laughs> <laughs> no, in my case, it was uh, also uh, confidence. Like I, I did the, the confidence, like to to know who I was as a designer. Like I, even when I when I was in the like mid level career kind of, I still felt like a lot of intro. Like I'm good enough. Like with all those applications because anytime you see a role like there are hundreds of applications for that role and we know it's just one single position you said like how I'm gonna do it how I'm gonna stand out and one of the things I think uh, uh, I learned in with this program was like how to stand out how you can make your application unique enough to be noticed by by the hiring managers and like what you can do like there's always something you can do to to improve and one more thing is like you see so much negativity out there, like saying, like, oh, the market is really bad. Everybody's laying off, like, designers and this and that. And, like, that this, this problem changed my entire perspective because I, I thought like it was. It was different. It's not that bad of people make it look sometimes. And there are industries who still are hiring where you can have opportunities and when you can like, which companies will still have like the design maturity of any other company outside of Silicon Valley. So I, it was just a, a mindset shift. Like I, I think the, the main benefit I, I got with this program. Carlos, I'll,
3: what do you have I'll, to say? I'll jump on that and add that. I think the, there was a clear moment in during my time at CSL, where I, I applied to different roles and whenever I got rejection letters, I wasn't as concerned because I knew that I was presenting myself in the best possible manner. And at that point, I knew that look, if they don't, if they don't want me where I'm presenting my best, then it's probably not a good fit, right? That we're probably looking for something else, or there might be other reasons. I didn't take it as personal because I knew that I was just coming in with the best. That I felt like my best. Like, this is my best resume that I can have. This is the best portfolio I can have. And that mindset of like gaining that rejection and then you know knowing knowing that you're the best and there's probably not a fit. Then you know I let it go a lot easier. Like okay, well they they, they probably don't don't value the things that I bring to the table. And I I wouldn't value if they don't value me. Then why would I value them? So that mindset sh- mindset change or shift from going to like oh man I'm just I'm just not good enough. I'm just getting rejected to. I'm that good, but if, it was, if it's not a fit, if it's not mutually beneficial, then that's fine. And that that was a big mindset shift for me. I do want to say though that it, as a caveat, it not always felt like this. There were some rejections that I took a lot harder because those were companies that I really wanted to work for, and when I got the rejection, it was it was also um, a downer. It it really pulled me down. But that's I mean that's part of the process. It's not always the apps, you, there was also a lot of downs and a lot of doubt throughout this process. So I want to make sure that, yes, I had a lot of confidence. Yes, I knew exactly that. I knew that my things were on the right spot, but there were some times where really the rejection just hit hard and that's just nature of it. So I I, I want to make sure that I don't paint this picture of everything is perfect. There were moments where I doubted myself. However, going back to, to that, I doubted myself, but then I had an, an opportunity to interview and to kind of talk about my experience and show my portfolio and I would say to myself, like this is so good. Like this is this is exactly the way I want to tell my story. So then I was back up on a good on a good note because I go back to I know what I'm talking about. I know this is the way I resolve things. And I was just so sure and so confident about the things that I did that eventually that was the thing that put me up higher or put me lift me up when I was down. So all in all it's all good.
0: And Carlos, you You recently posted something in the community because as an alumni, you still have access to certain Mm -hmm. zones in the community, let's say. But one of the things that really stood out to me about your post was, you know, the idea of sometimes we have these like dream companies in our head and dream jobs we want. And you know, you were like more than pleasantly surprised with how things are going in your current company. Do you want to share more about that?
3: Yeah, I'll, I'll share the full story. So I, I, my main goal joining at CSL is because I wanted a job at Webflow. It's a big tech company. And I eventually applied a couple of times and I didn't get it. And no matter how good my resume is, no matter how good my portfolio is, there was some still, there was some experience that was lacking and I wasn't going to get it just by improving the resume. So I started looking outside of Webflow and just looking at other things, other SaaS companies that may have opportunities. And I figured, okay, well, I'm just going to take this route and see how it turns out. And I ended up applying to, the, they're a SaaS platform as well. And I figured, okay, well, this is apply. And you know, the interview started happening and I felt very good rapport with them throughout the interview. And when I, got, when I joined, it was the onboarding and the team culture. Everything has been so great about them that, it made me even like reframe the question. Like, do I want to join? Do I still want to join Webflow? Eventually, but I want to be here for a while. Like I don't now consider that to be my end goal, maybe down in the line, but now I'm like turn around and say, I want to be here for a while because like, this team is great. This culture is great. There's, there's nothing that I can ask more. So I'm just going to reframe that. So I eventually found a path in companies that you wouldn't even think of and you just kind of, you know, I was pleasantly surprised. So this is to say, and I wanted to share that with the the team or with the CSLers to say, even if it's not your prime option, you should consider all the things that are out there, other companies, read about them, read read about the company culture. If you get interviews, feel a report with the team manager, with the team members, and if there's there's a spark, then you should probably follow it. It's not all the high-end fan companies that we want to work with there are hidden gems out there There are smaller companies that you may even be more happy with. So don't, don't let just the fans be your angle, open up your, your, your options.
0: Another thing that, as you were speaking, I was reminded of is it's not just about, you know, being open to companies you've never heard of, for example, it can also be being open to contract roles. Sometimes people kind of look down upon contract roles, et cetera, but Quite often we have people end up getting contract roles and then, you know, a couple of months later being offered an extension of that contract or they accelerate a full-time position, et cetera. So this idea of really having an open mind about where you may end up, as you heard from Carlos, like can really like like you said, lead you to some gems of companies and cultures you i have literally never heard about yeah well, I, heard I or Laura, anything else to add
3: just yeah i did apply yeah. to contract roles i was open to contract roles because they eventually gave me i figured they will eventually give me the experience that i need so even if contract i looked at contracts nothing came out of it but i mean i i didn't close that opportunity even free even i thought i thought freelancing may even do that like if i wanted experience contract, freelancing, anything that will give me the experience, I consider as an option.
1: Yeah, in in my case, that's a, a perfect example because that's how I got into Cisco. Like I started as a contractor and then a few months after they offered me a full-time position. And I feel like I, I'm not saying that the selection process is not kind of like hard enough. It's still like a bunch of interviews and they kind of judge very well all your materials. But I feel like, compared with the kind of selection process I know they have for full time positions, it was a little bit harder. And then you have the time to prove yourself like how you can contribute to the company. And it's even like better than any kind of exercise of whiteboard exercise you can do because it's like real work you are doing inside a company and they know if you are a good fit or not. And I, I even feel like uh, back to what I said at the beginning with getting into an industry, which is really the industry like the perfect match for you that I've experienced as well with other contractors who uh, went with me aside with me at the same time in Cisco and some of them were laid off afterwards because for example they were good with dashboards or they were good UI designers but their experience was too broad they just needed for a specific thing and then they terminated their contract and I think the, one of the things that had differentiated me from, from other people that unfortunately didn't make it uh, long enough, it's that kind of experience. Like stick to the experience that it's really, really relevant where you can make that kind of contribution because you have not only your, your designer skills, but maybe the, the industry knowledge or other things that make you unique and make you stand out as I said before as part of your role.
0: Okay, I want to move on. And I wonder if each of you could share a piece of advice or tip for someone, you know, if they were to join Career Strategy Lab, in hindsight, what tip or piece of encouragement or something would you give give them if if they were in your shoes, you know, six, seven, four months ago?
1: Oh, uh, sorry. That's, that's also for me? Yeah. If you want to go oh. first, that'd be great. No, I, I don't want to, like, I, I want the other guys also to contribute, so
0: yeah. <laughs> All right, Carlos. Do you have any thoughts on that?
3: Advice that I'll give: I, I, the first thing that comes to mind is be be patient with yourself. I, I think I and I'm, I'm talking to me personally. I am set myself these very audacious goals of things that I want to accomplish, and then when I don't hit them, it it just it bears it bears on me that I'm not hitting those goals, and I'm not very patient with myself. I'm too hard on myself, and I think that if I was to give myself advice, I'll be be more patient, you know, keep on doing the work slowly, but surely doesn't, and nothing has to be done overnight. Just keep putting the work slowly, but surely, you know, keep a positive outlook and be patient. That will be the first thing.
0: Another subtext to that, I think is don't try and focus on making everything perfect, like the perfect resume and the perfect portfolio and the perfect everything, because Quite often we see posts in the community and forgive me if one of you made one of these posts because they all get mixed up in my head, but routinely we see comments like I hadn't finished the resume module yet and I applied with my good enough resume and then I got an interview or you could substitute. I finished my good enough portfolio. I hadn't finished updating my LinkedIn profile fully and I got an interview and they responded to my emails. So that's another kind of thing that goes in line with what Carlos was saying also. Laura or
1: um, Malavika, do you have anything, Laura? Well, in my case, again, (laughs) I'm a perfect example of that. Because when, when I got my interview, I just had like a complete case study with the format that CSL provides, which uh, I mean, I, I'm not saying it was just that case study. Honestly, I had a very old portfolio, online portfolio as well, but it wasn't relevant at all for the role. I applied with that portfolio, so it kind of like contributed a little bit, but what I presented during my interviews, uh, presentations, and all that was that case, which was the one, the one that was relevant for a role, and it was same thing, like, Carlos mentioned at the beginning, like the 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 people in front of that portfolio noticed like that case study, sorry, notice like how well structured it was. It stand out like and, and it was something that it didn't happen to me before. Like I I I went through a lot of case studies in the past. It was like it was good material, were very complex cases, but the way I formatted it, it was kind of like too complex, too much text, th- this and that. And at the end of the day, it was very hard like to to notice like what my contribution or what I've done in those cases. So that that was something that was very noticeable. Like it was a change, a total change. And the other thing I want to add, just really quick, it's to be consistent and to work a little bit every day. Sometimes we are busy, we have other things going on, but just keep being like that persistent of dedicating one hour, two hours, like as much as as much time as you have every day to any of your material to make it making them be better. I think it's 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 very important because at the end of the day. It's 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 something that uh, will help you a lot when you need the job. Even if you're not looking for a job at that time, having your things ready in the time you need it, it's it's very important.
3: No oh man, I feel like I need to add three things to that. The first, to, to what Laura just said. The first one is, yes, having those things ready. I can say that because of CSL, I now have a framework on how to start collecting things that will go into a future case study. So like now, instead of waiting for the thing to happen and like three years from now, I want to pull up some work that I did, I'm starting to document all these things, even at this company, all the things that I'm doing on a on a just rough draft of a slide sheet or a slide PowerPoint and just putting everything together. And you know, with the time, adding more here and there, just slowly but surely building out those case studies as I go through them, just because later down the road, three years from now when I need them, I'm just going to have everything kind of compiled together from the moment, from like the, the time I was doing the work. So I have a lot more fresher memory of the things that are capturing it. So because of CSL, I learned this framework of like, I'm just going to capture things. This thing, this is important. This is important. This is not important. Capture things and then having it ready for when I need the case study, then everything's there. It's just a matter of formatting and making it pretty. But yeah, documenting that. The, the other thing is to what to Lara was saying, yeah, even if it's an hour a day, but if that even seems too much, one thing that I find helps me is like, Telling myself, I'm just gonna do ten minutes of work. It's midnight. I'm very tired, but I'm just gonna do a quick ten minutes of changing this paragraph. As soon as I start, it'll go an hour, and I haven't, I had, I couldn't stop because. But just framing myself, I'm just gonna do ten minutes. Those ten minutes quickly turn into a full hour of just tweaking and doing things. So tell yourself that maybe just do ten minutes, and even if you just do the ten minutes, then that's fine. But you will find, you'll find very frequently that those 10 minutes often easily become 30. And that's a lot more powerful than saying you're going to do an hour and not do anything at all, because it sounds overwhelming. So do 10 minutes.
0: And Carlos, you know, you said, and Malavika, you said this too, or I think it was Laura, but anyway, we've all seen this theme of the value and now having this framework to be able to document things you're doing now in your job as you do them so you're ready in the future but the the other possibility is that in four months you have like a performance review or something and you could go to that performance review with a couple of case studies and that's going to look awesome you know so it's not just about documenting for the purposes of your next job search two years from now or something it could also help you you know advance at your current companies too so I love hearing that you're, you know, using this just to kind of make very rough drafts. So like you said, Carlos, when you have time, you can go back and kind of fill in the the details so they're ready to go.
3: Yeah. And a lot to add that I think, I think accidentally, well, I was last year while I was doing it, it the coaches Arian and all the other coaches helped me build a kind of like a self-promoting slide for my for my current company where I was looking to get promoted and I was trying to establish this idea of growth design in my current company and to get a promotion. And this is something that the coaches even helped me on, which is has nothing to do with getting a job or somewhere else, but it has everything to do with how do, how can I move up in my current job. And this is also something that they helped me and. I wasn't ready for this, but the opportunity arose and I like, yeah, and they helped me too. So it also works for that.
0: All right. Any other advice we want to give anyone if they were to jump in and be in your shoes?
2: I can say that be confident in what you bring to the table. I, coming from a startup background, I had a little of everything in my portfolio, like research, visual design, interaction design. And there were hiring managers saying that, hey, you don't focus on one thing at all. So we don't want you kind of a tone, but you eventually will find the right team, which is looking for the exact experience that you have. So wait for it and describe it as much as possible in your projects or in your resume, if possible, cover letter. And I'm sure you'll find what fits you right. Awesome.
0: Okay. I thought of another question. So I'm curious, and you may not be able to remember this, so feel free to pass. But if you can remember back to when you were deciding if you're going to join CSL or not, what were some of the hesitations or fears you had? And you know, what did you wish? What do you wish you would have been able to tell yourself, you know, six months ago? Let's say concerning those hesitations, fears, etc. Does anything
1: jump out when I?
3: When I say that, I have, but I, I, again, I want to let Laura talk.
1: Okay. So yeah, I, I my main fear was like doing all this and no landing a job, which uh, we only know always know it's it's a possibility that you might end up not getting a job at all. Or, but I I always say like, okay, even if I don't land the job I want or any job at all, and I can't, I have to say where I'm currently at, I still feel I I know I needed this kind of help because it's it's like I I always said like we need a mentor in part of our career and probably when I started out I, I didn't have that kind of mentorship in UX I needed so I felt like I didn't got enough feedback on my resume enough feedback on my case studies and I was kind of flying like doing what I thought was okay what you see and watching YouTube and here and there but not like that professional feedback so that was something that was kind of the most important part for me getting that material that was like very good or that I feel happy about. And even if I didn't land that job, I still know I would, it could be good enough for, for years to come. And the other thing is like where we are, honestly, we always have the fear, like the value, um, like the monetary value of what I'm getting with this program. It's like, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to make an investment. Like, is this investment good enough? Honestly, everybody think that at some point. And that was kind of the hesitation because I, again, like we do some kind of like benchmarking or many coaching programs. There are many coaches out there. Let's be honest, saying like I can help you, I can help you. And at the end of the day, some of them can. And there's always that fear. And honestly, yeah, and that that that's I feel super happy with with all I achieved. For me, it was like very very good. And and I think one of the main things or that i appreciate more of this program it's the honesty uh where you see something out there when you see like what you see on linkedin what you see everywhere it's it's real right it's it's like it's real people it's like it's it's us uh, speaking of our experiences sharing what we what was our experience it's not someone faking things like what was my experience in other coaching programs i'm not going to mention but it's that kind of honesty behind like what you get is really that no one is promising you things that you're not going to able to do or achieve it's very realistic and I think yeah that's that's pretty much my fears and uh, how I kind of like overcame those fears after finishing the program or in the middle of the program yeah
2: yeah I can go next I had similar fears all of that plus I was also looking at whether I should take up I was not, I didn't go to a university for UX. I pretty much learned things on the job. So I was trying to figure out whether I take a short course or should I just work on myself. But when I came across the CSL program, I, I kind of felt the connection that I knew I had the work done. It is just not well presented. So that was a great, I thought it was a great find for me that someone is, going to mentor me on how to present myself. And I thought that was what I needed more than a new project in my portfolio. That's where I come from.
3: Awesome. Carl, the floor is yours. I mean, I I don't think I can add those concerns, right? I, I think all of those are the same concerns that I had. The investment is a, it's large considerably, but I thought to myself, look, I don't, I don't ever regretted investing in myself. There's always something that I can learn, improve. That's one. Second, what kind of connections am I going to make? Right. And within this course, I've already, you know, I've already connected with a handful of you on LinkedIn and there's a connection that's ongoing. And there's this sense of a community of everybody that's been through CSL kind of helping each other out with portfolio reviews or mock interviews and just the networking itself. It's, it's, it's very handy. There's also other resources that are everlasting of on inside CSL, like a long list of hiring managers in different places. I think that's very valuable. If you ever want to reach out to someone of a place that looks interesting and they happen to be on that list, that's super valuable. And so that, that was my concern, but I, I just reframe it as even if I don't get anything out, which is obviously a new job or a better role, I would still get a better way to present myself for the future and the networking opportunities of just meeting people that are in the same boat as me and just kind of work going through because you never know what their next opportunity is going to come from. So that was my reasoning as to why I decided to put the make the investment.
0: Awesome. Okay, I want to go to a few questions that I saw and Aaron kindly flagged for us. So let me find them. All right, there is one about... How Hamsini wanted to know the pace of the modules. Can you go faster or slower through the modules? Does everyone go at the same pace? Excellent question. So, at a super high level, when you come into Career Strategy Lab, we have what we call sprints, just like you do sprints at work, for example. We have sprints in Career Strategy Lab, and it's things like, First off, you do the sprint to design your career roadmap, like a product roadmap for your career. And then we have sprints about resume, portfolio, LinkedIn, all this stuff. You can go as fast or slow as you want. So, those through those sprints. So, it's not as though, you know, we say the resume sprint is going to take this many days and that's how the world works. Right. So, if, if because people join Career Strategy Lab, some of them are not working right now. So they can treat this like a full-time job and go through it much more quickly than someone else who has a full-time job or other time constraints in their life. Um, so, Hemsini, that's how kind of the pacing works. But let us know if you have any other questions about that. Even though I said we're not, we're going to not get into the nitty gritty, that one's an easy one to answer here and pretty generalized. And I see Melavika answered too and then the other question the oh yeah, other this, yeah go ahead
4: yeah i was going to say the other ones really geared both towards contract work which we kind of covered before and then also being a switcher and so i know most of you are climbers there's some element of switching from one thing to another but just wondering from this person if we can talk a little bit more about how csl can support switchers as well as climbers
0: yeah i can i can start the conversation so for switchers like many of the challenges are number one around how do I frame my previous experience in a way that's going to demonstrate I have, for example, UX research experience, even though I haven't had the job title user research in the past, but I've actually been doing research all along or in some degree. That's a big thing that we see in climbers or switchers really looking at what you want to do in the future, examining what you've done in the past and really pulling out the evidence or examples, regardless of whether or not you had that exact formal job title in previous roles. That's a big, big thing we do with switchers and really solidifying that story between your past and your future. Now I forget if there was a second part to that question, was there, Aaron?
4: The other part was the contracting part, but we kind of covered that before and said that like, yes, people end up with contracting positions. A lot of times it turns into a career opportunity. And we also have people who have stacked contracts. Yeah. Like recently we had someone make a post that was just talking about like the money she's made over the years salaried. And then how right now with just a couple UX contracts she's making 300k, and so now she's reconsidering like, do I want the job or do I want this like flexibility and just kind of having more options and the freedom that comes with that.
0: Yeah, because contracts are you know frowned frowned down upon sometimes because I think I think the root concern is people worry about the perception of having multiple say two, three, four month contracts on your resume that it will look bad or something like that. But I think you really have to think of A, yourself first and not worry about what someone's gonna think. But also I think you really need to look at this from like the a financial ROI perspective. Like if you if you're in a job search and you don't take a contract, that means then you're going to continue with either no salary, or your current salary which is probably lower than what your next job would be. So in thinking about should I take a contract or not, those are some things we really challenge people to think of because the choices you make can impact, you know, not just well they can have big financial impact is what I'm trying to say. The risk pays off as we heard from so many people and there's like two people that come to mind who posted they had done contracts and then either they weren't even told there was going to be an open position come up in the future or they knew it could potentially lead to a full time but that timeline was accelerated so you never know, but you won't know unless you say yes to a contract.
4: I think in a lot of ways the contract thing is actually like more of a mindset thing when we when you can see how you can leverage it for yourself, which is the same thing we're doing when someone says, you know, I have this boot camp experience or this volunteer experience, and they're kind of discounting it, where we're like wow, this is powerful, this thing that you did. And here's how we can articulate that and create like the experience uh, for the person interviewing that they're like, wow, as well. But that's really in the way that we're communicating it. And sometimes we just have to process what happened too to then be able to share it in a new way. So that's like constantly happening. And I think that's a really important thing that you then take that and can do that with anything going forward.
0: And like one, one thing that really excites me about Career Strategy Lab and I, I need to do like a formal survey about this to alumni to get you know more tangible stories. But every now and then we receive emails from people who say something along the lines of, I didn't think of it at the time, but now that I had to make a presentation of user research findings, I was able to use that portfolio framework, for example, and create this awesome findings presentation from the research. Or same thing when it comes to even just writing in general, like the way we teach how to write, for example, resume bullet points and things like that. It's not just about writing words for your resume. It's really about learning these very timeless skills that you can deploy once you are hired. So you really stand out you know, from your peers when you are in that job and maybe you do get Promoted, or you aren't let go if there's layoffs or something because you stand out as that person that can not only do the job, but you are awesome at communicating, which is a huge part of what we do in our wonderful and sometimes we weird world of user experience that we live in. So yeah, I don't know if I don't know if any of you, Malavika, Laura, Carlos, have any stories about that from your short times to your companies, but I'm gonna put it on my to-do list of little research survey to send out before the end of the year.
3: It's funny you mentioned that because right now I'm I'm actually creating my own onboarding plan. And a lot of that onboarding plan that I'm creating follows the structure that we've been working at CSL as far as like titling titling different sections and just making uh, what is scan, scannable and mm-hmm. skimmable. So <laughs> it's, it just follows the same rules and the same concepts. And it's just something that you just borrow or you just learn from CSL, but you end up using it all throughout. And it just, it's just a skill that is translatable in all other ways where you work. So
0: awesome. All right. I see one more question. So um, and Zini wants to know, does the start of Career Strategy Lab coincide with the recruiting season for UX positions by any chance? You're confused because we're almost close to holiday season. So great question. And, you know, every time you log in to LinkedIn or other social media or read the news, it seems like there's a new narrative of whether or not it's a good time to be looking for a job or not, right? Like we heard about everyone get ready. There's going to be the September surge and everyone's hiring because it's the end of the summer. And then at the end of September, it was like, well, that was the September slump and there weren't as many companies hiring. And then people think hiring slows down around the holidays and other people think, no, this is a great time because it's a little quieter and there's less applicants. So that's a long way of saying, Hipsini, that we don't really subscribe to the idea that there is a certain more optimal time of year to be applying for jobs or not. The real strategy here is to be ready at all times so that if you do see an awesome role, someone, a recruiter or one of your friends sends you a message on LinkedIn and says they have a role that might be a good fit, that you are ready to apply like that day or within 48 hours. And you don't need to rush around to try and redesign your resume or fix up your portfolio or shove that project into your portfolio that you procrastinated on adding. So that's kind of how we see things, Simcini. But let me know if you have any follow-up questions. But yeah, we we don't really kind of decide when to let people into Career Strategy Lab based on the hiring market. We limit the number of people in Career Strategy Lab so that we can maintain like a really great experience. And so as spots open up, we let more people in. That's how it works. Your time in the program starts the day you join. Let's see, Sama said, CSL can help me migrate mitigate the risk of a layoff with my career and strategically build visibility. I love it, Sama. Thank you definitely to all the panelists. We really, really, really appreciate your time and your honesty. I was going to ask if we should do one of these again, because we kind of do them pop-up style, but I'm toying with the idea of doing these kind of, I don't know, on a month or every other month basis. So thank you again to everyone. And we will talk to you later. Thanks for listening to the Career Strategy Podcast. Make sure to follow me, Sarah Duty, on Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, or LinkedIn. If anything in today's episode resonated with you, I'd love to hear about it. Tag me on social media or send me a DM. And lastly, if you found this episode helpful, I'd really appreciate it if you could share it with a friend or give us a quick rating on Spotify or a review on Apple Podcasts. Catch you later.